genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, because you demanded it, we continue our miniseries on the Mummy franchise, winner of this year's Listener Pick Tournament, continuing with Stephen Sommers' adventure film that continued the phenomenon. It's 2001's The Mummy Returns. And we have a guest joining us to talk about child actors, food poisoning, and overworked visual effects artists. It's Andrew Dorowski. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. I, I don't know which of those three things I'm most excited about. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it's going to be a fun one. But a- Andrew, uh, I'm having I'm having trouble remembering the last time we were lucky enough to have you on the show. I was on for uh, Jurassic That's- Park three. Yeah, Jurassic Park three. That's right. right. So that was famously Which, a movie that you were defending as yes, you know, better than a lot of people give credit for. Yeah, yes, and and weirdly, uh, when I put in the DVD for the Mummy Returns, and they did like the Universal, you know, that like two minute intro song where they highlight you know some of the films. Yeah, you oh, know what uh-huh. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It included Jurassic Park three. Oh, on the, was, on the mummy returns same disc. year right like, 2001 hey, hey. Same, same summer so wow. this is great you know it's, it's it's a sequel in many ways you know we are once again revisiting <laughs> the summer of 2001 yeah. we are once again dealing with the rescue of a child hey wow that's true that's true so this came out may 4th 2001 so literally the same weekend as the mummy yeah and uh jurassic park three Alan's Revenge. July? Yes, I want to say July, but I just want to confirm um, for some freaking reason. I think you're right, though. Um, But, you know, I was thinking about whether or not I had seen this in the theater, The Mummy Returns. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I didn't because, you know, this was when I was a kid and you could really only go to the movies in a summer a handful of times. So, yes, Scott, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park 3 came out July 18th, 2001. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm remembering correctly, the movies that I saw in theaters the summer of 2001 were Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I saw that one in theaters. Uh, Jurassic Park 3. Mm. And I think Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a so summer. It was a wild oh, time. It was, it was a, a wild, wild time. time. <laughs> but so I didn't watch The Mummy Returns until until DVD again. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you remember when, where you were when, when, the, when this hit theaters back in 2001? Uh, yeah, I was, I was in the theater watching it. Um, you know, it was my birthday weekend. I mean, That's this right. is what I did back then was, the uh, weekend. 
Yeah, this is what I did back then. It was like I would go see movies for my birthday. Like me and all my friends, we would like go out and see like whatever the big movie was. And luckily, my birthday coincides with kind of like the first big weekend of the summer. And so there's mm-hmm. usually some kind of big movie that opens. And um, yeah, uh, definitely saw this uh, opening weekend. Um, I do not believe that I have seen this movie in its entirety since then, since that fateful day. Um, this this was the first time uh, I think I've ever rewatched this movie. Um, look at you now. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, didn't care for it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, rewatching it now, uh, still don't. Really, really don't. Um, <laughs> I'll be, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm not going to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, but uh, I really dislike the experience of watching this movie um, for a multiple <laughs> for multiple reasons. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, um, some things that I did notice, though, uh, just like some common threads of of uh, stuff that was happening around this time. Um, this movie reminded me so much of the sequel to Mask of Zorro, which also famously was like, they're married now and they have kids. Um, and it's a total, it's kind of a different tone sort of, and, uh, no one really likes it. (laughs) 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 I, uh, I have to confess. I have never seen the legend of Zorro. I believe it's called. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. It doesn't, I mean, it, well, I mean, you know, I, I think you haven't seen it, uh, probably because, You've heard the legend of Zorro, the legend of the legend of Zorro. <laughs> right. Um, Can you believe I haven't seen a Zorro movie? I I, I can't. I actually can't. Um, but yeah, it, it's very similar to this. Uh, Interesting. And yeah, I noticed that. I looked up the budget to this movie which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to get into. But I, I I thought it was interesting that this was only 16 million more. Uh, and made almost exactly the same amount of money. Like the first movie made four hundred sixteen million, and this one made four thirty five. So like, like it it doubled the difference. But that's about it. Like, mm, like okay. it was like up. It's like a perfect upgrade where it's well, like, oh, that's we couldn't possibly have like asked for a better return than. I mean, you know, they could have asked for more money, but it's like. I mean, we literally like we gave them sixteen million, and they gave us thirty-two million more back. <laughs> so like, it's, it's, it's like exactly equivalent. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just like you can't really complain about that number. It's just really funny. I don't know. Yeah. It was like it, you know, the math for, is just so perfect that it's just weird. Um, but like it uh, even yeah, it even again, yeah. it even came out so close, like the same weekend of the same you know summer movie season, just like yeah. two years later. Yeah, it's just like history repeating itself. Um, Scott even saw both yeah. on his birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I I really don't like this movie at all. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a lot more to say about it uh, in detail. Um, but uh, Andrew, what 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 is your like relationship with these series of films? And I guess I this yeah. one in particular, but but also just you know the Mummy movies in general. I've really only seen uh, the. The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. I've never watched the third one because I'm afraid of being, like, really disappointed in it. Mm. I remember seeing them both at home. Like, these were DVDs that my parents bought instead of rented. 
and we watched them as a family. So I remember them as at home movies. And I remember really weirdly, like very specifically with the first one, we got the DVD. I think, I think it must've been like Christmas or something. We got the DVD and it was also the same time that I got like my first, so I'm, I'm the youngest child. And it was the first time I got like a Lego set because we had Legos in the house. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time I got a Lego set that like had instructions mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. not the mummy themed, but it was like ancient Egyptian mummy themed Legos. Oh. And so there was a like it was like a weird like they knew that the movie was coming. And so they made like a skewed set where it's like this isn't this isn't the mummy. It just has a mummy <laughs> and yeah, adventurers cool. and like a hot air balloon and stuff in this Lego set. Oh, wow. Um, wow. The hot air balloon's pushing it. And so I remember like playing with these Legos, like imagining the mummy movie with these Legos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, and then like watching it like a week later. Yeah. Um, for, yeah. for a family movie night or something. And then I was just really stoked when the, when the second one came out and yeah. I was like, Oh cool. Like more of this stuff. I think they, I think it was probably coordinated with like the Saturday morning cartoon mm. of the mummy. Mm-hmm. It was probably the same time frame and everything. That one was a blimp instead of a dirigible or a hot air balloon. <laughs> so they're trying really hard yeah. to tie all this stuff together. And so I, I just like remember really enjoying it. I was getting into like watching special features at the time. And so I'm like super attached to it now. And I, I like watching the mummy movies in October as part of my spooky season. Mm. Since I don't watch all of like, a lot of truly spooky movies. Yeah. This is like, this is good Halloween stuff for me. Okay. Like monster okay. adventure. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do I need to say now? It's like, I, I love this one. I, I, I definitely don't think that this is a better movie than the first one, uh-huh. but um, I like this movie and I might like it better than I like the other one. Like if, given the chance to pick one to watch, I think I might choose mummy returns. So here's the thing, Andrew, I uh so I watched I watched this one more I think growing up than the Mummy and it may have just been because this was on Encore or HBO or whatever more often mm-hmm. and as a kid you would just watch whichever one was more available yeah you know um like you know people who saw Ghostbusters two more than Ghostbusters one mm-hmm. like those kind of kids I was out for the Mummy Returns but if you had asked me which Mummy literally until like this morning if you had asked me which Mummy movie or what do you think of The Mummy Returns? Even back then, I would have said, well, it's not as good as the first one, and the kid's really annoying, and having having a kid was a mistake. Like, that would have been my... Not in general, but just in this movie. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the... Uh... Clarification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was for you, Andrew. Uh, but I got to say, you know, watching it today, again, it's been a while... Um, but I, I do remember watching this a lot as a kid, but it's you know probably been since the 2000s that I watched this one. Um, I wrote I wrote I wrote this phrase down in my notes at one point. Uh, this is better at being an action adventure than the Mummy is at being a horror movie. Mm. Okay. I had I had so much fun watching this. Mm. This was just like a like a, a blast of like. I think they, they he he does Stephen Sommers tone down the edge and the horror to make it kind of more kid friendly and kind of goofier. It is sort of like the Last Crusade almost, but without that movie, I'm not saying the movie has like the heart, but in terms of like being lighter. Mm. But they up he ups the ante of like the whiz bang 
<clears throat> like adventure set pieces. And I just had, I think for me, we talked about this last week, Scott, the mummy kind of drags for me in the middle mm-hmm. when it's just like the mummy stalking and getting the crew one by one. Mm-hmm. But I was just having fun throughout this movie mm-hmm. from like the, the bus ride to the dirigible <laughs> to the pygmies. It was just so entertaining to me that I was like, wow, I think this is actually hitting even harder than the mummy did last week. Mm. Um, because I remember that as a, as a classic, but you know, this is not nearly as beloved. I know it's remembered more fondly than what's to come, but mm-hmm. you know, mm. very few people would say that the first one's better than, or that the, that the mummy returns is better than the mummy. But I, yeah, I hit this bittersweet moment where I'm like, God, I'm having the most fun I've ha- I've had this whole series. Maybe even more than I thought I was going to, as we talked about last week, Scott. Mm-hmm. And yet, I know it's all downhill from here. Um, I, I, I don't disagree that the action sequences are better in this movie. Um, they mm-hmm. they are. Uh, in 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 concept, um, in execution, no. Um, but, but, it, but, but in, in just like concept and, and like creativity and, and, um, you know, just like being like, and then this cool thing is going to happen. And then this cool thing is going to happen. And it's like, yeah, from that perspective, I agree. Like there, there's like more thought going into what these action sequences are. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think many of them are executed well uh obviously there's something going on with the visual effects which i'm sure you're going to get into but it's not just the cgi there's also things like the fact that the dirigible like when they're on it it's like still it's just stiff like in a parking lot they're not even like rocking it back and forth to like mimic the fact that they're in the air like it's just it's just not it's moving. moving. It's just moving. It's a static shot. Yeah, it's just, moving, yeah. inching along. It's just like, but like, I'm talking about like when they're in the like practical dirigible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, it's not moving. It's, it's there's no like weight. Yeah, it's not it's rocking like, back and it's forth. Just, it's like it's, it's like a Star Trek. It's like a set. Yeah, I, yeah. Which is um, which is weird because it's on a gimbal. I watched the commentary for it because I have the DVD, and it's on a gimbal, well, so they can rock it for like the action scenes. So they they just to. don't do it during <laughs> any of the static scenes, I guess. Did they did they forget to put the camera outside of the gimbal because that's the only way that it would work because otherwise the camera is moving with mm-hmm. the dirigible on the gimbal I, and then you're not going to get any of that on camera. No, they definitely have the camera on the outside because there's like there's some of the sweeping shots where the camera like comes in from I mean like 10 feet away but yeah but mm-hmm. so they like definitely bring the camera in from like a crane in the in the green screen. Well, none room. of that None of that ended up but, in the movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know why they're not rocking it back and forth. But that's it was a, driving that's me a fair absolutely point. crazy. <laughs> um, it, was, it was driving me crazy. <laughs> um, I hope it doesn't uh, drive me crazy ever. Because I, no, I like this now movie. That you know, now you can know how to spot it. <laughs> I enjoy this. Um, I don't want to not enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, well, we well, yeah, yeah, go ahead Please. and go t- talk about the behind the scenes stuff and then we'll, we'll get no, into more. No, about we'll, 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 we'll get into how hard this movie rips uh. shortly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Steven Somers was already having ideas for a sequel to the mummy while on set in 1998 when they were filming the original, uh, quote original. 
he would, uh, you know, conversationally would tell Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser, like, oh, my God, I'm only going to do a sequel if, you know, I can go weirder or do something different. You know, so they were already having sort of offset conver off camera conversations about making a sequel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephen Sommers began writing a sequel to The Mummy uh, just a few weeks after the first one was released in the summer of 1998. And the writing was on the wall that it was going to be a big hit, a big unexpected hit for Universal that year. Um, mm-hmm. So this is so not a ton of behind the scenes info on this one in particular, but just like the Stephen Sommers once again uh, had a heavy hand in the script as well as directing it. So he was able to kind of. I guess what I kind of noticed from these two movies that I never really appreciated before is how much of them are Stephen Sommers' vision. Like, mm-hmm. in, in in context of, like, a big summer blockbuster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he really, for these first two movies, seems to be the driving creative force more so than, like, some of the other franchises we've talked about, Scott, with, like, the Jurassic Park movies or the Men in Black movies, where you have a bunch of different voices trying to tell you what the next one should be. Mm-hmm. In this one, it seemed like, for better or worse, Stephen Sommers was just kind of allowed to write a script to The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to get The Rock, which was a big deal at the time. This was definitely not seen as like um, this guy. Oh we, oh, we got this cheap wrestler guy. Like he, he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for like the biggest uh, but, uh, payday for a debut actor at the time because he was already like a superstar WWF mm. wrestler. Interesting. Uh, Rock learned ancient Egyptian. I'm literally just going down like facts that I learned because it really isn't like a lot. Uh, so the Rock did learn ancient Egyptian for the couple of lines that he had. Um, the uh, a lot of crew, cast and crew, got food poisoning, including the Rock, and uh, an experience he would recount later as one of the worst of his life. Mm. So uh, they filmed in Marrakesh again, subbing for actual egypt um and now i guess um i I could share the i I learned this while doing research there is kind of a um urban legend around like the visual effects community particularly like uh schools um and like programs about why the visual effects for this movie are so uh infamous Mm -hmm. um legend has it that uh ilm digital effects you know uh for this movie were overworked and we're working 20 hour days and we're begging universal to reconsider pushing the movie further back in may, but mm-hmm. um, universal wouldn't budge. They wanted the movie to come out on may 4th. So at some point a decision was made in visual effects to say, okay, we are not going to work ourselves to death for this movie. Mm-hmm. We are going to the, the, the boss says it's coming out on may 4th. Whatever's ready by May 4th, that's what's going to be in the movie. Mm. And so I would argue that this so, so basically the visual effects for this movie are somewhat created in spite. Yeah. Uh, I, wa- <laughs> I watched this with a friend uh, earlier today and we were just pointing out like when the uh, Oasis is getting sucked into the uh, pyramid after the uh-huh. curse is broken or whatever. There's just like, you know, all these trees and stuff. And we were like, yep, no, you're just going to animate one tree. Yep. 
not 16, not 32 unique tree designs. You're going to animate one tree design and you're going to paste, 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 paste. Yeah, they did, they did the same thing with Anubis, the, uh, An- Anubis. Anubis. Yeah. Anu- Anubis. Yeah. The, the, the jackal guys, like when they're like running toward them, they mm-hmm. didn't even like differ their, the timing of their animation. They're all just like running in unison. <laughs> yeah. But knowing that all of that was created to be like, F these guys, we're not working yeah. harder for these assholes. It's almost becomes the visual effects ironically become something not to uh, lampoon, but to celebrate. Mm. There's almost in, something kind of like waiting or clerks about in the, in the commentary. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's Steven Summers and I can't remember the name, but he's an executive producer and, and, and an editor on the film. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them are talking about it. They're super generous with like everyone they talk about. They never say a, a bad word about anybody and they are constantly like, complimenting the visual effects wherever they can um bob duske yeah and um one thing they do say and i think this might be like part of what you're describing i think they say at one point so we were budgeted for like 200 or or like we were you know contracted for like 200 some odd effects shots and it ended up Mm -hmm. being 400 something and so Mm. like yeah, the effects houses were doing way more than they were supposed to be wow. doing. Yeah, yeah, and this is before they would split jobs between houses. It, um, yeah. There weren't like multiple VFX houses, like the CG mm-hmm. houses. There was like five, and you had to like pick one because the other ones would be booked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, and... I don't, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. There's something about me where like effects don't pull me out of a movie like hardly at all like people complain about like yeah these effects look shoddy and like in this one like when you see the scorpion king at the end and you see the rock i'm like yeah that looks that's pretty rough and and like video gamey but there's a lot of it where i'm like no like doesn't it it, like i can tell that it's effect but like i'm totally suspending disbelief for like the pygmies Mm -hmm. and the jungle and and the anubis warriors i'm like those ones like whatever and uh, but I think I think I'd agree with you, Andrew, where like for me, like the filmmaking of so many of these, like for majority of the movie is so like propulsive, like mm-hmm. with like we'll get it's like the bus chase and the pygmy scene that like I'm more engaged by like the fisticuffs and the kind of B Spielberg, like, you know, the shotguns going over there and now he's grabbing at him. And it was just so like like a serial that I don't think the effects I guess it's kind of like when you watch like a like a Ray Harryhausen movie where like you're very aware that it's like, that's an effect or maybe even something on like, mm-hmm. you know, like classic Disney from like the sixties, but the story is so entertaining and the characters are so entertaining that like, I'm not like distracted by it except when I'm like, Oh wow. Like this was an era. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we'll get into the dirigible. <laughs> that's like a cell moving across a, a slide. But, um, but yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say at this point. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm I, I literally feel like I'm crazy uh, that like I I just watched hey, literally I just watched what, in my opinion, is one of the worst movies we've ever seen. We've ever watched really on this on this show. Um, and you guys are like, yeah, no, it's good. And, blah. and I, I, I'm like, I don't. I, I can't I, hey, I, I I'm like I, what 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 did I, I I don't know what I watched compared to what you guys watched. I'm um, surprised too, buddy. That was, I was uh, in, yeah. 
that was like that was like a first draft screenplay. I mean, nothing yeah. nothing connected in it at all, story wise, character wise. I mean, that was a mess. Uh, I I I don't know. And like visual effects aside, which are which are awful. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, middle finger or not, middle finger to the man or not, um, <laughs> that doesn't. I don't blame the VFX team for the sure. bad VFX, sure. but it, it doesn't but stop it doesn't make the them... movie from having <laughs> literally make... the worst VFX it... I've ever seen in a mainstream movie. It, it doesn't make the effects good. Really? Worse no. than Spy Kids 3? Worse than... Uh, no, no. I was saying throughout the whole thing, I was like, at least the VFX in Spy Kids aren't <laughs> trying to be good. Um <laughs> And I guess these weren't either, according to the VFX team. But, like, yeah, these are just – these are Spy Kids graphics. Like, that's what this – the whole movie looks like Spy Kids. Um, but it looks worse because at least the Spy Kids stuff is, like, I know what I'm looking at most of the time. Uh, because, like, the designs of everything are so simplistic mm. that, like, it's very easy to understand what's happening. And I'm never taken out of anything because that's just the way the world works in Spy Kids. Whereas here, I was baffled by a lot of this, where I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be looking at right now. I don't know what this is. There's just shit, there's just shit flying at the screen, and I don't know what any of this well, is. Well, let's start with the beginning. So we get, we get a cold open, once again narrated by our friend um, Obed of the Magi, yeah. where we're introduced to uh, the Legend of the Scorpion King. Listeners, I attempted to do kind of a companion piece to last week's Imhotep. Real guy or not? Uh-huh. With uh Scorpion King. Yeah. Real guy or not? Yeah. Not not real. Not real. Yeah, I assume. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um Fictional. Fictional I assume. Man. So so this is uh uh thirty sixty seven BC. Yeah. This is before the pyramids, before there were mummies. Uh there's just like yeah, this is this is super, super early. Scorpion King, he's leading an army to conquer the world, he gets mm-hmm. iced. Uh, they like they get defeated. He get he's like dying, and he like prays to Anubis, and he's like, "Hey, dude, I'll give you my soul if you give me an army that I can like defeat all my enemies with." And then Anubis is like, "Cool, let's do it." Eat and the scorpion. He, yeah, so he, he so he scorpion. goes out. He eats the scorpion. Sure, he eats the scorpion. Um, and then he like goes out with the with the jackal dudes. And they defeat all of his enemies. And then Anubis is like, cool, so we're done here? Great. And then (laughs) drags him down to the underworld. And that's the last we ever see of live action The Rock. Yes, which was another big point of contention for me in this movie when I was in the fourth grade. Was I was promised The Rock's debut acting role, and he's only in this cold open in the flesh. Right. Right. Um, And has one line of dialogue in Egyptian. Octu Masente. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I remember after all these years, to his credit. I, as I was watching it, I, w- I was kind of like startled by how many extras were in this cold open. Right. There yeah, are like a lot of people in these like yeah. battle scenes. And like, that's never going to happen ever again. Like they wouldn't pay that many people. They'll CGI like 20 people instead of having a couple hundred people. This feels so weird to know that like, there's never going to be that many extras for a battle scene again. Yeah. And uh, I remember being uh, so, so, you know, going, so starting with the design, Scott, you weren't crazy about the Anubis designs. Um, 
No, I don't. Again, it, it's I, this is what I'm talking about conceptually, right? Okay. Yeah, every like it's fine if it was executed well, but it but it's not. I okay. you know I don't. That's no one but Universal's fault. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's fine. Like they're fine. They look good. They look they like you know. Uh, drawn on paper, they look fine. As a as a as a test screening, they would look fine. <laughs> you don't like you don't like the you don't like the way they're moving like a swarm all across the the gates and killing all those people. I don't know. That's interesting. I guess. Yeah. Sure. I again, it I the 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 concepts. I like that the underworld is in this movie. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cool stuff in here. My main issue with this is that like. I don't know what the point of this opening is because it has no bearing on the plot of this movie. <laughs> nothing. It has nothing to do with the plot. I think, like they just put this whole storyline on ice and it's I think it's here so they could advertise for the Scorpion King movie starring The Rock. I think it's uh yeah. well it's sort of supposed to be a companion piece to the last movie's cold open right. where arguably the antagonist is the Scorpion King. Well, I think what they're attempting to do and kind of not that successful is to set up like the Scorpion King is the real villain. Like Scott, you and I talked about and, and along with, uh, with Gary last week about how the cold open to the mummy is like really metal. And yeah, you remember all of it. Yeah. And so like by the time you get to, cause by the time you get to Imhotep in act two, you're still like, Oh, that dude, I remember him. Oh man. Even when yeah. he's like inhuman again, you're like, oh, I like the cold open. And so I think they're trying to do that in the cold open with Scorpion King. And but, like, so you can, and it's like, it's the rock. So you're like, I'm not, I'm not defending it. I'm just kind of explaining why I, I think. No, like, no, I, I think you're right. Cause like this whole movie is a vibe alike. Like that's what they're doing. They're yes, like, okay. That's a great. Exactly what this is. Maybe, maybe our most vibe alike since Men in Black 2. Yes, where they're like, okay, like I'm just going to take the first movie and I'm going to I'm going to put here it is, I all laid out and then I'm just going to put this clear paper on top of it and I'm going to write on top of each section a new thing that happens instead. <laughs> um but, but it's going to be the exact but, but same similar. thing. It, yeah, but similar. Yeah. It, little, it's like poetry, weird. it rhymes. I I, I have a couple <laughs> yes. notes about some things like, yeah, it's uh it's rhyming. I yeah, I, yeah, I don't there's know. A lot like, of, I like it. There's, uh, there's a I don't um <laughs> the uh the the visual i forgot about the visual callback that alex gets so alex their son mm. uh yeah, right when he made when he makes all of the columns around yeah him all, it's and the it's library like his, his mom i was like hey, yeah it's it's the library. right after right after his dad says like you know he's getting more and more like you every day yeah um yeah uh, or uh there's a part at the very end where uh alex is reading from one of the books and mm-hmm. he's like I can't understand this this one sign. It's like a bird. He's like, I remember that one. And I'm like, go. It's from, like, it's from just, the last movie. Yeah. I've never yeah. watched these like a week apart before. So Right, right, right. Um, I've watched them in the same uh, yeah. night. This stands out to you when uh. it's the same night. It's like, it's like that's why he knows that one. It's because she was shouting it to him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I, I understand what they're trying to do with the Scorpion King thing. Mm-hmm. My issue is just that like. This movie, you don't need the Scorpion King in this movie. You yeah. have Anubis and Anubis's army, mm. which 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 Emotep is trying to control. So, like, yeah. what is the purpose of the Scorpion King in the plot of the movie? Mm-hmm. That's other than to be a distraction in the third act for a second. Yeah, I guess they went for like the another dude as a villain, as opposed to just like the army of Anubis being the MacGuffin 
that yeah. we yeah, have so to stop could. Imhotep from getting this. Okay, that yeah. actually is, is it, like way tidier though. If they skip all the Scorpion King clear. stuff, and it's just like, yeah, we resurrected the mummy again. We're going to use him to get the army of Anubis, right? And it makes and we don't have wonder, to have the, the Scorpion King part of it. It it, it does the, make me wonder if the Scorpion King thing mm-hmm. was like a universal like we want another one out next the next year. So like set up the spinoff and we'll send we'll we'll give it to someone else to make but like set it up in this movie and maybe that's why he's like basically bookended into this mm-hmm. movie like it's not even sh- it's not even like shoehorned it's just like bookended <laughs> um yeah. and that's it listeners know this already but Andrew we uh, have had decided we've elected to not include Scorpion King in mm-hmm. our rewatch for scheduling mm-hmm. and thematic reasons um but I was so hyped watching The Mummy Returns this this afternoon that and now listening to both of you guys speculate because I don't have answers for you. I, I, there, I tried to look for like an oral history of The Mummy Returns or like behind the scenes interviews or footage about Mummy Returns. Um, I'm kind of tempted to do some extracurricular homework next week. And maybe watch and research The Scorpion King, just me, just to at least see if those answers are out there. Um, I mean, yeah, like, oh man, is is it like Black Adam all over again, where The Rock just managed to get them to make his movie? It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> it was always the same. Uh... Scott talking about it and being like, you could just make it a new like That's way tighter. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. way cleaner. Yeah. It even looks cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. And it, cause I, I, I think another problem I have with this movie is just like the stakes of this movie somehow feel lower than the stakes in the first movie, despite the fact that like, it's literally like an, an army from the underworld is going yeah. to like conquer the planet. It feel it doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel like it's that big. It, it feels like the stakes um, are about the kidnapping. Yeah, right. It's it's all yeah, about the I sun. Yeah, I think that's a result of this movie as a whole, kind of feeling a lot more uh, family friendly and mm. toning down on the dread and the horror. It's still a pretty violent movie, uh, startlingly so in some but, moments. But no blood. But, but no yeah. blood, and it's in a very Looney Tunes kind of comedy way. Um, yeah. So this is less dread filled and dark and moody than the Mummy was. And kind of tries yeah. to up on more of like the Indiana Jones, like adventure movie vibe, and I, and it kind of has like a more action movie climax than mm-hmm. the first movie did. Yeah. Um. So we're in nineteen thirty three now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and Evelyn have their son Alex, yes. and they're in a uh they're in they're exploring some ancient ruins, looking for the bracelet of Anubis. Anubis. Um, and uh, yeah, and this whole sequence is like. So, yeah, you talked about Alex, like knocking all of the all the pillars down, like the like the library shelves. Yeah. Um, in the first movie, which was like, you know, a, a, like a fun enough callback. Uh, I, I, I it was cute. It really was. I, I just wish that it had happened in front of them. 
so that they could have commented on it, I guess. Hmm. Um, or like after he said that, they walk into the room just as that's happening. And mm-hmm. then she's like, oh, my, you really are my son. All right. Come on. Let's go. Let's get out. Of he here. is not. He you is know, like, not so- my son. He, <laughs> he's just like you, too. And then he does that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she's like, oh, OK. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but uh, the, so the whole sequence is like they're like the pirate guys show up. Right. And 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 Alex is like, <laughs> Alex is just like Dennis the menacing them with mm-hmm. a slingshot. Yep, hit um, him in the butt and the booty. Yep, in a very, like very like probably the most like Spy Kids that this movie felt. Yeah, um, tonally was in that that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was what that was one of the things I didn't. I think it's kind of like you know how you talk to kids that were kind of Gen Xy and how they don't like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, right? Or like Return of the Jedi. Like, I remember yeah. that really annoyed me when I was a kid, and it was like he's hitting him in the bow with a slingshot. I was like, this is so lame. Yeah, yeah. The first one wasn't like this, but I don't know. Maybe <laughs> now that like I'm a, I don't know. I knew that going in. I didn't find yeah. it like annoying anymore. So much as like silly, which is a choice. And I can imagine if the first one was really your vibe, you're not into the silliness. Um, yeah. Like for example, Scott uh, and Andrew, of course, Rachel Vice is having uh while they're while they're tomb raiding she mm-hmm. keeps like ever since i started having those dreams about me being so like we we learned in the first movie that she is half egyptian mm-hmm. her yeah english father met her mother who was egyptian and she's half egyptian so that was you know some groundwork laid but right. in this one she's just having these visions and brendan's like oh yeah you have been having those visions a lot lately it's crazy and just like super like yeah, that's pretty ham throwing it off at the beginning there. Yeah, before yeah. the movie started, just, and we'll get yeah. to this, we'll get to something even more ham fisty, bit of retconning later on in, in our walkthrough. Yeah. But it was the delightful. the the Back to the Future Part Two of this mo- section of this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that was oh oh okay cool yeah that, I thought that was interesting. Uh, but uh, okay, there's a part in case we skip into the walkthrough where uh, Rick and Abed are Obed. Um, or the, the 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 lead magi guy are yeah. in uh, the trunk. Our death bay, our death bay. Thanks, awesome, good pull. Our <laughs> death bay, and they're like you know loading up mm-hmm. to go to go fight in the thing. He's like, "Where did you get that tattoo?" And he has his tattoo. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Well, I've had it since I was a kid." And I was like, "Did they? Was he wearing like a bracelet in the first one? Or he like, was. how did he get away with that?" And I and I googled it, and they're like, "No, that he is not wearing." The he's tattoo. wearing a, he's wearing a bracelet for a lot of this one. Yeah, that, like, that's how he's that. usually Weird. hiding it, but not in the first one. But not in the first one. Um, um, yeah. I when okay, call out to something fun that connects to the first movie in that sequence when they're mm-hmm. like loading up, and they talk about like what guns they want. Ardeth chooses mm-hmm. the Tommy gun because in the last one he took the the machine gun that's off right, the airplane. From the plane, as he was like, I, yeah. I actually I like machine guns now. <laughs> I took one from <laughs> I took great. that one off the back of the plane, and now I want the Tommy gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's in fine form in this one. He's with his friends now. He's more comfortable. He's just like delivering exposition, exposition, talking about fate to everybody. The uh, the actor Freddie Roach, Road, that plays uh, Alex O'Connell, uh-huh. was uh, was such a fan. Uh, Freddie Both, I should say, Freddie Both was uh, such a fan of the Mummy movies that he turned down an audition for Harry Potter mm. to. Because he was like, no, I already got the mummy. I don't want to risk losing the mummy. I love the mummy. We're doing the mummy. And so um, 
I was watching this with my friend. He was a kid, Scott. Scott, Scott, Scott. No, 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 Scott's no, no, like, no. I know. I, I, I know. No, I was trying to think about like, like who would he? It, it, I was like, I was like, I guess either Ron or, or uh, would, uh, would he be like Draco? Yeah, was, uh, yeah, or Draco. Like that. Those Ooh. are the only options. Like, there's no way he'd be he up for Harry. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. Uh, anyway, so my friend and I were like, well, there has to be a. There's a universe out there where this is Daniel Radcliffe as Alex O'Connell. Oh. And that was kind sure. of a mind, a mind freak of imagining Whoa. like, oh, one era Daniel Radcliffe being like, reading yeah. material. God. Uh, a secret quote yeah. I've had for decades. <laughs> Every wow. time I'm in a bathroom and I see magazines. Still, I love this stuff. Um, sorry. So, okay. Uh, uh, so there's a cult. Um, yes. And uh, in the cult, uh, y- you've got this, this uh, person named uh, Mila Nas. Or not? Not how do you say her name? Mila Nas. Is that her? Um, me. Uh, yeah. I, I I just kept calling her Anaxuna Moon in my head. I did not realize yeah. that she had like a non Anaxuna Moon name. Yeah, because she's a she's a physical reincarnation, right? Of yes. which I don't understand because where did she come from? We don't because know. she's so old. I mean, she's like. A, an adult so like yeah where the hell was she in the last movie <laughs> yeah never never said where she's from Mm-mm. how she she's she magically story. comes to the movie fully <laughs> <Yeah>. formed <laughs> yes indeed she does um and yeah so they're trying to resurrect emotep uh because mm-hmm. they want to use the power of the scorpion king uh to give emotep command of anubis's army yes um uh yeah so they're trying to do that. Also introduced um, in this scene, uh, Atawale Akinowe Akbaje as mm-hmm. Lockdown, who uh, I'm sure we all recognize from shows like Lost. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. forth. Um, so, yeah, uh, they go back to London. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in they 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 live in that. That uh, castle mansion yes. in England that that everybody shoots at, where it's a Xavier's <laughs> mansion, and it's it's Bruce Wayne's Wayne Manor, and yeah. Um, so uh, my friend and I were speculating about this. Like, we never learn or, or hear about Jonathan and Evelyn's like childhood very much. So right. like, we were trying to decide if this is a mansion they per- they purchased post mummy adventure, post being. You know, maybe celebrity treasure hunters, or do they both come from money, Jonathan and Evelyn? And this was Evelyn's home prior to the the mummy adventures. I mean, in the early 1900s, if they went to college, they probably came from money. Yeah. That's so since true. they went to school, they okay. pro- like they probably they, their families probably got land, and so this is probably family yeah. estate. Yeah, this is like Downton Abbey. So Rick Rick <laughs> saw it for the first time, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm the um, <laughs> absolutely. So, so they're here, and uh, Alex uh, messes around with a bracelet, get it to, gets it like uh, attached to his arm. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "Oh, that sucks. Can't take that off. Weird." And then uh, he has the a weird cult trip uh, where he sees yeah. like, the whole treasure route on speed. Right. Right. Or right. Um, it's like a yeah, like it like appears in front of him, like like a projection. Yeah. Um, it's like so, the Madonna Ray of Light video. This is not not the like the Egypt Grand Tour part, but the part where Rick and Evie are arguing in their house. Yeah, that is the point where I wrote in my notes: 
this is a sexy movie. Like they're being like romantic with each other and like flirting, but they're already married and everything. I remember like as a kid being like, this is a sexy movie. There's girls in bikinis fighting. And then as an adult, I'm like, this is a sexy movie. These are two attractive people who are like in love and like being together. They definitely make out a lot instead of paying attention to their kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's maybe a mistake. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You guys don't have kids. You don't understand how easy it is to just. <laughs> I do. I do admire that they didn't go for the like, like, OK, they're still like they're still having fun. They're still in love. They're still in that honeymoon phase, even though they do have this 10 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, their chemistry, they're more they're more kind of, I guess, like, comfortable around each other. But it's lacking any kind of it's very like a. You know, Scott, in our Spider-Man series, we talked about the differences in chemistry between Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. And this is very like back and forth, like, oh, Rick, like we're in love and we're, you know, we know each other's foibles so well. And it's kind of like more like, oh, they're in love, cute kind of sitcom couple, whereas like the mummy is like smoldering romance, like passion. Oh, my God, who is this person? I'm in love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I found I found myself uh, I don't know seeing Rachel Vice doing most of the heavy lifting in the romance department in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a kiss that happens later where I was like, "Does Brendan Fraser suck at kissing?" Because <laughs> it was like he was like doing nothing. She he was just standing there and she was doing all the work. And I was like, mm-hmm. she knows how to kiss. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I noticed that a lot, that she seemed to be say, doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. Uh, in his defense, it is ironic, though, that Brendan Fraser did so much physical heavy lifting. Uh, there's a good chance he, he wasn't, he was kind of in pain for a lot of this. Yeah, uh, sure. On the set of this one, he tore a spinal disc, cracked his ribs, and damaged both his knees, and Ugh. was basically in and out of surgery Ugh. until. The Mummy, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, for injuries sustained on this movie. That's and a nightmare. This, God. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So. So the cult attacks. Yes. The the, the castle mansion. Um. Pretty good set piece. Some good sword fighting and stuff. There was a couple of times though where um uh what's the guy's name the the leader guy the leader of the oh of the- uh lone. God, he has like a uh, lock. Nah, lock. Nah. Okay. Um, no, not the leader of the cult. The good guy. Oh, the uh, long haired uh, good Ardeth guy. Ardeth Bay. Ardeth. Ardeth Bay. Bay. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a bit where he, like he shows up and he starts sword fighting and he's sta- like, there's a moment where he stabs a guy in the space between right, right his under the arm, armpit, like in his armpit and, and then like, and like swings it around and it's like very obvious very that that's obvious. what he did. It's very- and I was like, Wow, really? <laughs> um, so, yeah, not not always the best execution, as I was saying, but like mm-hmm. in concept, I really like how like fun and and you know actiony this is. Like they try to kidnap yeah. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. There's an asp that she tries to sick on his jugular. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that's there's, oh there's oh some fun uh, stuff uh, in he here. punches a guy and says she learned how to punch from Rick. We see that in the yeah. previous movie. Uh, right. Rachel Weiss did a lot of her own sci fighting in this, um, especially her duel with Patricia Velasquez. They trained for like, you know, a long time during that. Um, my speaking of stuff like following through, though, this is kind of the mummy returns level of like setup payoff that I never appreciated until today. Um, 
there's a scene there's a so so Jonathan they think that Jonathan is Rick and so they're trying to they're going to attack Jonathan with this asp and then Rick comes in they throw the asp at Rick he catches it and throws it back at the guy <laughs> takes out a guy yeah they throw a knife at mm-hmm. Rick he he catches, catches the it. knife he throws the knife and in my head I'm like Rick's pretty good at catching stuff <laughs> uh-huh cut to the end of the movie where Jonathan's like, Rick, I'm going to throw you the spear. And he throws it. And in my head, I'm like, that's Rick's, a guy who's going to catch and stuff. Rick's going to catch it. <laughs> and, he, and then he catches it. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, he catches it. But he do- doesn't he catch it when um, He catches Emotep it when Emotep, because Emotep, Emotep has the good catch yeah. in that one. He like catches yeah, and yes. spins it. Rick barely catches yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, they, so, so the end result of this is that they, they kidnapped, uh, kidnap Evelyn mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Jonathan and, and, and Rick, uh, and Alex, they like and Ardith. leave to go after them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, this is where we get like the bus sequence. Yeah. Right? So, well, a so something I appreciated about, so Jonathan and Alex are like teamed up a lot during the movie. And so mm-hmm. they're the ones who go off to steal the bus. And mm-hmm. when they just run off, it's like, why'd you steal a bus? And I was like, it was his idea. I'm like, was well, not. And the, the, yeah, they're arguing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I like the fact that like Alex and Jonathan have a different relationship, like their own chemistry. Mm-hmm. Then it, he's not just like the, like a cute little boy. Like he's still has like unique chemistry with Jonathan that he does like with his parents that led to yeah, some. Sure. Cause it, I guess they found a way to still make Jonathan funny while still having like the kid for every scene that he's in. Like, right. Like, right. Oh, they're both the kid. That's funny. They're bickering a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we have the bus chase, which just like, man was like up there. It made me be like, man, I think my, imagine if Steven Somers had made like an Indiana Jones movie in like the nineties. Like, um, yeah, I, you know, what's weird about this sequence though, is that it started happening and I was like, I thought this was in Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Is there like another like car sequence it. in Tomb of the Dragon Emperor that I'm just for? I don't know. That, I like I'm, seen I'm it. merging the two in my head. <laughs> I bet you're yeah. right. I I I do remember some kind of like rickshaw cart road boogie something like, like sequence. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're trying to like just... get the same energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and before that. <laughs> Right, because they're escaping from like what are they in a museum or yeah, the, something? The, when the all the British mummies museum. wake up, they're in yeah. the British Museum, and right, I never thought right. about that before. That like there's like you know at some point they're like shooting at nitroglycerin and chemicals and fire and <laughs> yeah they like, probably burned down fire the right British now. Museum, <laughs> yeah <laughs> priceless artifact, yeah. So yeah, like like they bring Evelyn in there because yeah. they resurrect Emotep uh, mm-hmm. successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, we thought this would be a gift. You can watch her die. Cause she like, you know, sent you to hell or whatever. And he's like, oh, um, yeah, well, that's pretty, that's pretty nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they like make out and she like sees him as like his uh, old Egyptian self, even though he's like a disgusting corpse <laughs> in reality. Yeah. Um, you do like the zoom out where it's like, oh, she's yeah. making out with that corpse. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, big yikes, but yeah, and then the bus sequence, which is really fun. Um, I really like not not a lot, not a lot of the bus sequence isn't executed well. I don't think 
Um, I I think the bus so, so the bus is, is like solid. pretty flawless. Okay, yeah, I, I think the bus I think the bus sequence is solid. Other than you know like the mummy being like unrendered, but like beyond <laughs> that's you know that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's Universal's of... fault. Um, that's you know I don't I'm not gonna keep harping on that. Um, and we get I, the tag yeah. of yeah. I like a lot in in I think in these early action sequences in particular. Just watching it, I was like, man, it's really nice to be able to like tell where people are during an action sequence. And mm-hmm. and like people have different objectives like, OK, this person's like taking care of this mummy and it's this situation and Rick's up top and he's dealing with a mummy in this situation. And and I was like, man, action sequences in movies are almost incomprehensible sometimes now. Like I'd rather someone trying to do like to rip off Spielberg and that kind of stuff rather than kind of like the hyper edited sort of like sub John Wick sub like taken the mm-hmm. kind of those are like the main options these days it seems jason like yeah. born yeah jason born yeah at least while this is sort of like derivative of indiana jones it's still fun and there's yeah like, that the cause and effect yeah. like oh no the gun slid this way who's gonna catch it oh they caught it oh no but, like yeah now you know, can see it and she's gonna use it and then it like comes into play somewhere else and it's like okay yeah this yeah. is yeah. i can tell where things are and what matters yeah so at some point Someone in the cult sees that he has that Alex is wearing that bracelet, and so they uh-huh. kidnap Alex, and they're like, "You're gonna lead us to like where the Scorpion King is, so mm-hmm. we can, you know, do 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 our whole evil plan." So Imhotep can fight army. the Scorpion King. I don't think anyone him. ever sees that he has the bracelet. I think that's a that's a hole because they thought they had the bracelet yeah. in the museum. <laughs> I don't think there's right. any reason that anyone should know that Alex is the one that has the bracelet. I think oh, they. Just, I, I think that's a plot hole. They just There's a the part kid. later on the kid where where uh, Adewale is like, you know what? I'm going to kill you now. And I was like, well, why? Why now? And it's like, I'm going to cut your arm off. And I'm like, well, if that was an option the whole time, then <laughs> yeah. you do it. Well, I guess because they're there now. Oh, like, yeah. He was the only he one who could have the, the visions. Yeah. yeah. And once they were yeah. there, they're like, oh, we don't need you anymore. I, yeah. I mean, I assume bracelet. that if they kill him, it just like resets, put it on someone else's wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, so so uh, Alex gets kidnapped, uh-huh. and uh, and and you know uh, the uh, Connell family they like uh, go meet up with uh, uh, another Izzy. Rick, uh, another Rick pilot friend. Yes, Izzy. yeah. Um, this one does not want to die. He is the opposite <laughs> of the other guy. True, he is. <laughs> it's the inverse. <laughs> he he just wants to live more than anything. <laughs> Okay, what's the opposite of that guy? Oh, he really doesn't want to die. Yeah, he wants to live. He doesn't even want to get hurt. <laughs> oh man, um, Such, yeah. yeah, great, great character. I would actually kind of Izzy's I, good. I like Izzy. Yeah. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy's a good dude. He, he does a ton uh, of like world building by just telling a story of like him and Rick. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's more more stuff going on in this world. He's kind of like yeah. a Lando figure of like, oh, he knew Rick before Rick met his princess Leia, Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. continuing him being a hybrid of Han Solo and Indiana Jones that you noticed last week, Scott. R- right, um, right. At, at one point, Jonathan has, has gotten a set, this scepter that he's like, this is the last, this is the only thing that's worth any money in my family. I like, think, this is all I have yeah, left. Yeah. I, I and, assume he got and, it like from the last movie. It must have been like think, in the uh, treasure in the last movie or something. No, no, no. He he like he like got it out of his out of their uh, like out of their 
place, I think, as the okay. they were because it was like burning down, and and they, he like when he got out, it was like the only thing he took mm-hmm. because everything else burned down. It was like the one thing that he grabbed. I don't know why that thing. That's yeah, but he's just, just like holding the scepter. I think. Surely yeah. it won't come up and then, later. Uh, yeah, well, and then and then uh, and then Rick has it, and then he's like pointing at it with Izzy, and then Izzy's like, "If you give me that scepter, I'll do whatever you want." Yeah. And and he's like he he tells him that he can write him like a surfboard or something mm-hmm. and I was like right. okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so he gives him the scepter and then there's like a lot of business with the scepter of like is he wants the scepter but Jonathan's like no it's my last family heirloom and I, I don't very know. like so, R T D two C three P O coded <laughs> yes yes um very much so so there's that whole that whole thing um so Izzy agrees to like fly them over there. And they think they're going to get into a plane, and it's not a plane. It's a it's a pirate ship with a blimp on the top. Yeah, <laughs> um, straight out of Stardust. I just appreciate call attention to. I like yeah, yeah it's good. The joke structure, just because I feel like a lot of movies coming after this, going into the two thousands and the tens, would kind of choose to like be obnoxious or like Deadpooly as opposed to. But like, I, I I appreciate the joke structure of you know the whole time is he's like every time I hang out with you, I'm going to get shot. I got shot then. I got shot last time. And then he's like, look, just let us, you know, fly with you. And then Rick sees the dirigible instead of a plane. He goes, Izzy, you were right. You're going to get shot. And pulls out his gun. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, but yeah, the uh, they take the dirigible um, and they just start following the, the train that the cult is on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, and like the kids being annoying, and he's annoying, he's annoying the shit out of every one of the cults. <laughs> I, is, I like it's like his superpower. <laughs> I, I do like. I think in some ways, like because like annoying kid is obviously like a thing, but in this case, he is mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna be annoying to you guys. You guys suck. Yeah, like, and you can't kill me, so I'm really gonna milk this. So like, he's being annoying on purpose, at least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, it's it's this- a strategy, certainly. I was yeah good on a you know Adewale Akinowe Akapaje for being a good sport, being a really good straight man to this annoying little kid. Yeah, in like every scene, um, mm-hmm. and then we get the bathroom sequence that you alluded to earlier. Yeah, where he's like, I, I got to go to the bathroom, but uh, you you need to leave because I don't trust that you won't watch, and he gets really offended by this. Um, <laughs> yeah, people like being called pedophiles. Yeah, but then he he like figures out that the way that the toilet works is that it just opens like to the open air. So he just rips yeah. this. This kid is like Alex is literally the strongest kid in <laughs> in any too. in he's anything. Because able- at one point he's holding that column up. <laughs> um, <Okay>. Also, <laughs> and now he just rips a toilet off of the hinges oh, of the floor. Earlier he was like fighting over the chest with like a full grown adult, and it, it, like, yeah, it was like right. difficult for the adult to rip it out of his hands. It's like yeah. God, he's, he's eight years old. You dad. just pull, like just pull one yeah, time. His kid's like the Hulk. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he he pulls the emergency brake and then drops through the toilet hole um, mm-hmm. and uh, run, runs off, just like runs away. Um, and they just start shooting at him. And then like Imhotep. Oh, yeah. She uh, uh, his girlfriend like fed those yeah, um, those pirate three. guys to to him. So now he's like a human again. They just speed um, run through the first movie, basically. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, just just three guys in one room. Just <laughs> like, man, we really should have thought of this last time. Yeah. Um, uh, a movie could have been 20 minutes shorter. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then now he suddenly has like telepathy 
Yeah, right? he, he like picks two people like, up can... and throws them. Yeah, like with his mind. Like it used to be that he could control the desert, but yeah, that's not what's happening here. Now he just has like telepathic TK. magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah, another decision they make regarding Emotep that I want to get y'all's opinion on. Uh, he he kind of creates like a psychic mind link with Alex, and mm-hmm. he's able to speak in English. I think right. And I think what it's supposed like to Hunt be for Red October. I think it's oh, supposed yeah, to be that. Yeah. I th- I think he actually is supposed to never be speaking English. It's supposed to be right. We know that Alex speaks Egyptian, and so they yes, they just right, transition right. it. In. Yeah, yeah, like Hunt for Red October. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, okay, that's yeah. Hunt for Red October. That's that's yeah. That's that's what right. I was getting at. But, um, but yeah, but the the result for the audience is. Imhotep is speaking English with no subtitles, and I just think he sounds cooler when he's speaking ancient Egyptian. Oh. He does, but I bet I bet the actor was like, mm. "I just I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Please, just let me <laughs> yeah. speak English." Um, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, I'm also glad that in that scene he got to wear a big robe instead of. Uh, oh, uh, Arnold Valls knew had to shave twice a day to achieve his smooth. Hairless uh, body type that Imhotep has. That is why didn't you just oh. wax? I don't know. <laughs> this is the kind of, of answer I don't have this week. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Instead of instead <laughs> of what he's wearing in the first mummy, he's like totally buttoned up. He's got like a turtleneck and gloves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until it, until it's time to get down to business, then yes, he gets then. Me. Yeah, but um, he was given like then, two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's like, I'm only. He's, gonna, gonna, he's like, I gotta. We're in a tomb now. I gotta lose like three layers. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm only gonna look fit for two weeks of shooting. I'm not gonna do it for the whole. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. Um. They. He ends up getting him again, getting Alex again, and uh, they like uh, leave his like tie for his mom to find. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex starts leaving thing. clues. Yeah, so and so the then they take the dirigible. Is. They take the dirigible to the oasis, which right. is like this place in the desert that's like a jungle. And I'm like, you, you I, I was like, you just, you just wanted to shoot in the jungle. The jungle, like, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you just wanted, yeah, and like, you know, Steven Summers was just like, I'm just sick of all the desert. And I'm like, uh, then you shouldn't have been doing a mummy franchise, my man. I don't know. He, he talks about that in the uh, commentary. He's like, I can't believe we got to do such great jungle work in this desert movie that I made. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so he does. <laughs> meanwhile, like, he wrote it. Like, he yeah, knows how they like, did it. We do, though, <laughs> without the jungle. I'm getting away setting. with this. We yeah. don't get the really fun uh, uh, Lost World stay out of the tall grass sequence with mm-hmm. the pygmies. Yeah. I mean, it, it's literally just the Lost. It's just the sequence yeah. of the Lost World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so then the, so then we get, like, uh, like the, the whole Oasis section of the movie before they get into the pyramid. Right. Um, reminding me a lot of Congo. Oh, yeah, for sure. That kind of yeah. like jungle adventure. Yeah. But like, like <laughs> B movie, you know. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh but they're yeah, they're in the jungle and uh oh, and Imhotep crashes the dirigible cuz he's like they're following us and then like becomes jump, like jump. a water man well, and, wall of water with <laughs> like, a face instead of wall of sand with yeah. a face. 
Which I, I guess he just like does he just control the elements now? Is he like is he the last Airbender? Is he like right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, it's 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 not doesn't help that I think and I could be wrong. I think water is harder to animate than sand, mm. so it's unfortunate it that they have good. to do the the more complicated thing, like we see, like we've been saying with like you know double like half the F going into it. So yeah, it, right. It's. It doesn't. It looks pretty bad compared to the mm-hmm. nineteen ninety eight visual effects of the sand face, and it's just kind of right. like a, a copy, right? Right. Rather than an um, escalation. Yeah. So, uh, you get the pygmy attack. Um, you know the Econals, They get Alex back. Uh, there's a really fun sequence when the sun starts coming up, and like, yeah. okay, so 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 okay. I I have this one. This is this is like a this is a stupid nitpick, but just because uh-huh. I found it extremely annoying. But I I feel like so so they are reunited with Alex, and Alex has to quickly s- child scream exposition at them about how the bracelet is going to kill him if it hits the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, these guys are like like artifact experts like they know a lot about this couldn't we have just had them already know this <laughs> yeah. so that the kid didn't have to s- have- scream exposition at them mm-hmm. if i touch know? the sunlight yeah yeah um, um but yeah so just- so they get this really fun sequence where he has to like run with alex to beat the great, rising sun great dad stuff yeah which is which is really good um, it like, opens and then evelyn being your dad yeah yeah that's really I, fun but I, then uh, evelyn gets stabbed um immediately every time every time that me and my family are at disneyland and it's like 7 p.m and the kids start getting tired i i pretend in my mind that i'm rick o'connell carrying alex (laughs) to save him from the sunlight and when in reality i'm just like holding a three-year-old in line for peter pan but like but there i don't know there's a look that you give the other dads in line at disney rides when you see other dads holding like their three or four-year-old and you like nod at each other you're like yep Solidarity. Yeah. Also, we we uh back on the before the blimp got shot down, we did have that extended Rachel Vice, uh, Sophia Velasquez right. uh, sci right. fight. Mm. Yeah, the the Back so to the 2000s. Future part part two sequence. Yeah, we find out that she was she is the uh, she's the descendant of the daughter of the pharaoh that was murdered, and she was just across no! the street. Yeah, <laughs> there she was across the street, looking through an open balcony window at them having their affair and then murdering her mm-hmm. father. Um, so is she a descendant, uh, a or is she a be... reincarnation like like Anaxina Moon was, like the like the physical reincarnation thing? Yeah, the word they use is reincarnation. It's kind okay. of like in a Cloud Atlas kind of way, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so they have a fight scene. So some que- some questions that were uh, that were answered during this sort of like side back flashback. Uh, Scott, you were we were speculating last week over what kind of uh, person the Pharaoh was in life before he was yeah. assassinated. Turns out just sort of a pretty decent. OK, guy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I, that's why I'm saying since the last one. These two suck. They're bad yeah. people. They're evil. Um, and, and yeah, they are evil, bad, horrible people. And I, I think my favorite part of this whole movie is when she bails on him at the end. Yeah, um, the counter of like the counter Rick and Evelyn's love. Mm-hmm. That's the best. That was the best because I was like, yeah, that, that, that is, is the ending that these guys who these deserve. people are. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's who they've been since the beginning. That's what I'm talking about. Just um, sort of like a, a Sid and Nancy, ancient yeah. Egyptian kind of like toxic relationship. Yeah, total dicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's that fight scene. It's fun. It's kind of has like shades of Daredevil. You know, it's super two thousands. Yep, um, for sure. And hats off to both those actors for doing their own their own stunts. Yeah, there. I, I I would like to hear. I would like to see that scene uh, done with like an Egyptian cover of of Evanescence. Whoa, uh, hell yeah! I think it'd fit right uh, in. It'd be great. But <laughs> kind of one uh, uh, revelation that I had though while we're talking about reincarnations and descendants is mm-hmm. a criticism that I didn't have back in two thousand one that I think I have now with the Mummy Returns is so we kind of just assumed on face value that Rick and Evelyn were white watching the Mummy. Yeah. And, you know, just like, okay, yeah, it's a movie. You know, it's a movie in the 90s. Yeah, sure. Richard Weiss is awesome. Brendan Fraser is awesome. Cool. It's, you know, the 19th century. She's English. I get it. So in this, <laughs> but but then in, in The Mummy and in The Mummy Returns, they go out of their way to say, actually, Rachel Weiss is half, or, you know, Evelyn is half Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we learn that Brendan Fraser's character is like one of the Magi. <laughs> right. Right. And he has this tattoo and he's like, oh, they gave it to me at the orphanage. Because so presumably he's been in South like Africa, like North Africa, Egypt his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I was like, maybe this is a, a between us discussion, Scott. But like now, knowing this about these characters, God, I kind of want Rick and, Ev- Rick and Evelyn to be black. Sure. Yeah. Or Middle Eastern. Yeah. And mm-hmm. people of color. And that wasn't yeah. something that bothered me about the mummy of like, why are these two white? But now that they're going into like their genealogy, I was like, oh, well now I kind of think it would be cool if like, I don't know, like what if like Jada Pinkett Smith played Evelyn back in the nineties or Mm -hmm. like some, or like if John Boyega was Rick O'Connell now, you know, like in a a future remake of this, which feels like sacrilege because these are two really iconic performances, but like this weird retroactive stuff they do with their race kind of made me be like, oh shit, you know, this this is weird. This is interesting. But that this was back in that time when people like uh, people weren't being like uh, you know what 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 color skin do you think Egyptians have you know like right, yeah. th- back then like it was just like yeah I don't know they're like white but like kind of tan right like that's what that's what Egyptians <laughs> right. look like yeah right, Rachel Weisz so, yeah um, um yeah. but then you're right uh, she gets stabbed oh oh yeah. the part where Anaxia Moon like kills herself. So she has to experience the death so that her body is empty so that an Oxino moon can, her spirit can occupy the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't catch that back in that one. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, she stabs, she stabs Evelyn. Brendan Fraser really acts his little heart out. Yeah. Yep. Richard Weiss's corpse. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she's dead, but they're like, we're going to resurrect her. We, we're going to figure that out. Um, you know, we did it before. We'll do it again. Yeah. Um, that's both a promise and a threat. Um, There's and... not really a reason for that book to be there at that point, but sure, the the book yeah. that resurrects um, people is is just there. No, they need it. They they need the book of the dead to like unlock the scorpion king to then control the thi- like. It's I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a lock and key situation. Also, also, all the yeah. time that they have the books, they have like the book of the dead and everything. They don't seem to. Mm, yeah. I don't know where the where the key for the Book of the Dead is after the first movie, but yeah. they never talk about it. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, the, that key I, was yeah, a really big deal in the previous movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but now it's just in the book because they got it, so it's you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just, 
Yeah. It's like a video game. Um, they got it on like a keychain, you know? It's it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, okay, they made a couple chain. copies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> took it to a locksmith. Um, Whoa. So... <laughs> Big boy. So... <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so they get into the two, this is the pyramid and mm-hmm. they're gonna, uh, they're gonna resurrect, um, Evie, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I can't keep track of all of these Egyptian names. Um, I'm really sorry, everybody. The Aksunamun um, is like trying to stop Jonathan and Alex from doing it. So they're like in a slap fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then that's when you get the thing about the bird cause he remembers. And so then Alex says the thing and, mm-hmm. and, and then Evie's okay. And she like steps in between like, um, Jonathan and, uh, uh, yeah, her. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, and then they have their side fight. Um, mm-hmm. and while that's going on, Rick is fighting Emotep and then Scorpion King just like finally decides to show up like it doesn't seem like anything triggers him coming out it's no. just like it something triggered him like 20 minutes ago and he's just like finally like rolling his ass out of bed because uh. like the there was so like the um i don't know like the cerebral villain guy got the bracelet stuck his arm in a thing got his hand ripped off right and that's like that activated the army of anubis got it. and Ardith right. and all the magi are supposed to fight them right I, you're right. Yeah, there's no that's reason going on outside. There's no reason that the, the Scorpion Oasis. King comes out when he does. Yeah. So Scorpion King shows up. Um, obviously, notoriously bad uh, yeah. CGI. Um, apparently, you know, somewhat on purpose, somewhat situational. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah. Uh, so he just like starts crawling around and um, snapping. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason he's a scor- he's half scorpion now or like mostly scorpion, but also a giant scorpion. Like it's it's not just like he's not like a human proportion scorpion. Mm-hmm. He's like, right. it's like it's a-, a giant scorpion now. Oh, why is the human proportion scorpion scarier in my head? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it is right. Um, right? It's creepier. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, he's like a big, he's a big monster guy, and and Emotep is like, uh, he's like, I'm here for you, master, or whatever, and like bows to him. He's mm-hmm. like, and, and he's like, that guy's trying to kill you. And then Scorpion <laughs> King's like, that son of a bitch, and then goes and fights <laughs> Rick. Um, so, <laughs> n- knowing knowing now that a big inspiration or big influence for these two movies for Stephen Sommers was like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, this finale makes a lot of sense, and I could see yes. it being like, "Well, mm-hmm. stop motion now is CGI, so let's do CGI." Um, that's like I literally, you know, to go back to Spy Kids, Scott. I, you know, there's actually a half scorpion guy in Star in Spy Kids. Looks better. Looks better. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, all all of that Jason and the Argonauts stuff in Spy Kids Two looks right. way better than everything in mm-hmm. this. Um, and I think because like, he knew what they were capable of in the time that they had to get done. So he was I, like, no, we're going to make it look like stop motion, even though it's CGI. And yeah. he executed it perfectly. So, yeah. It was, be- yeah. And, and the mummy returns his case. It was betrayed by its own scope and budget. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Literally, and, and, kind of and what Rodriguez line. was talking and time. about. Yeah. They and were, yeah, they were finishing this stuff like four weeks before the movie came to theaters. Absolutely. It's just I weird. Mean, that's, there's like- that's further away from its release than movies do now. Cool. <laughs> 
Right? Yeah. Like now, Quantum now Mania. you could finish a movie literally three days before it premieres. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. But it, it's so interesting how there is such a visual metaphor for the philosophy that Rodriguez had when making a Spy Kids movies, which is like, no, I actually prefer to do it small and weird because sometimes, sometimes when we try to do it big and expensive, and it ends up looking worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's I think that's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really renewed my appreciation of the Spy Kids movies. I'll be honest. <laughs> didn't um, didn't see that one coming. Every, I'll be honest. Every, yeah. every every new series on franchiseography, you go back. You know, Spy Kids. <laughs> they yeah. they really didn't Spy make kids. these mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of mistakes in Spy Kids four. Let's let's not get too crazy. But um, for sure, for sure, yeah. But uh, yeah. So. Um, uh, Scorpion King, he uh, rips that one dude apart. Um, right. uh, that was pretty gnarly. Um, but like <laughs> yeah. in a PG, mm-hmm. it's like PG, like Nickelodeon live action show gnarly. Right. Um, I think the, the pygmies, I think, were gnarlier than that because and this is kind of example of like if there was blood because they are like gleefully shiving people. Oh, yeah. That's like, yeah. like stab, 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 stab. Pe- steps that people are getting darted to death people are some some people get drowned and stepped on but it's yeah. done very zany that i think it gets away yeah with being mm-hmm. a pg-13 yeah kids kind of kids movie um yeah so uh they figure out that the staff thing because he realized he looks at his tattoo and then he looks at a he looks at some pictures on a wall and he's like oh it's the this is the the staff and i'm supposed to kill the scorpion king with the staff and that's the that's the thing that we had but it's actually a spear so they start yep. like shouting at each other about like turning it into spear. a spear yeah <laughs> they figure it out he throws it emotep catches it with a spin that andrew talked about earlier which mm-hmm. is really cool and then chucks that thing at the scorpion king and then rick jumps up and just rebounds that thing grabs Boom! it and then stabs the scorpion king with it um and uh, uh, uh scorpion king uh, goes down and Scorpion um, King goes down. There's this really great moment mm-hmm. that is like it's a wide shot of yeah. Rick like hanging onto the edge of the underworld thing, which is look, CGI aside, super mm-hmm. cool concept of like yeah. the crack in the underworld mm-hmm. with like all the hands and souls like grabbing you. Like yeah. really, really cool concept. Um, I bet it looked great in the concept art. Mm-hmm. Um but uh He's hanging there, and the Scorpion King is dead, and it's a wide shot to the side, right? So yeah. the crack is in the middle of the frame, like, going, like, straight back. And you're on one side of the crack is Scorpion King dead, and on the other side is just empty, right? Yeah. And then, as if someone had to tell him that right he there. missed his cue. <laughs> um, Arnold, Arnold. Arnold. Uh, yeah, yeah, hey, Get hey, hey. Hey, 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 you oh, gotta shit. you gotta go. You gotta get out That's there. Your cue. Emotep suddenly runs out of nowhere and just goes, no, no! on his knee. <laughs> and is, I watched it like seven times. It's so funny. It's iconic. <laughs> I remember just that runs one. Runs in from off camera. <laughs> I remember that one even no! as a kid. Even as a kid being mm. like, it's kind of a weird moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that, why is he saying that like that? Why is he jumping in like that? Yeah. The, and the timing, the rhythm of it is just yeah. so... Because yeah. you're like, why is there dead space? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like he missed He like missed his cue. Um, and they just were like, we don't have time to shoot it again. That's going to have to go. <laughs> and um, uh, there's this yeah. epic moment where the Magi, they just got done fighting one 
regiment of Anubis warriors, and then they're yeah. like, they see like fifty million running towards them on a hill, right? And they're like, all right, <laughs> well, guess this is it. <laughs> guess this is it. And they run full force towards them, and then right as they're about to hit, they turn into dust, and they're like, we're alive. Yeah, because uh, Scorpion King's dead, and yep. all is all is right in the world. Um, the I think this pyramid is better than how to, Voldemort died. Yeah, um, the pyramid starts to collapse, mm-hmm. uh, and Rick and Emotep are both hanging on, about to fall into the underworld. Yeah, and Evie sees it. And she's thinking about it, and Rick's like, no, don't do it. Don't, don't you do it, Evie. Well, somebody needs to be with Alex. Somebody needs to raise the boy. Don't do not, it, please. He, he, don't, he does not uh, say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Evie runs after him, even yeah. though like she's like dodging debris and all this stuff, and she pulls him up to safety, and then they, they get out of there. And, and Imhotep is like watching the whole time. <laughs> and then and it's just like, yeah. And then turns like, around and says, like, Aksu Axel Noir, please, someone has to like, come help me. And and then she's like, nope, and then just bails. And he's like, yeah, All right. that's about right. And then just lets, let's go and let's just go. falls into the underworld. So, and then she trips and falls into like a bath of scorpions and gets killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like immediately in those. What yeah. I like about, and you know, credit to Arnold Valsnew, is kind of going back to the origins of the Universal Monsters in his final moments, uh, Imhotep is like this tragic, tortured figure rather than like an action movie villain. And he has kind of this tragic, who could love a monster? Oh, the love he thought he had was she was just kind of, she was more selfish and he doesn't get the girl at the end. And so he yeah. just lets himself die. It's very like yeah. Frankenstein he, or Wolfman. He, she was just in it for the power. And now that mm-hmm. he's lost, she's like, eh, I'd rather live. I'd rather definitely live. And then she definitely does not. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) But yeah, it kind of just, yeah, I don't know. I I could, I could picture the Boris Karloff black and white and ending kind of in like this. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so then, uh, she, they, they get out, they like run out of there. The oasis is collapsing. They're like climbing up the pyramid to the top. And then Izzy shows up and the dirigible is fixed miraculously. Um, and they all jump on it, but not before Jonathan takes the the gigantic diamond that's on the tippy right. top of the pyramid and almost <laughs> dies. Um, but then the oasis collapses and he still has the diamond and they're still rich. So all is right in the world. Um, right. And uh, and then and they try they fly past. Uh, what's his face? Who just like gives them a little <laughs> salute and then credits start rolling. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. We is he doesn't get shot. He does, he does not, not get, get shot. shot. I think a lot about if it would have been if that's the funnier choice, you know, would have been. Yeah, I think now the, like the Deadpool kind of joke would be he somehow gets shot, even though it's like mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Or he just has yeah. a bullet in him. Yeah. Or he just or or they're they're getting away and then somebody puts a gun down and then it shoots him. Yeah, it just um, goes. Oh, off. there you go. Boom, yeah. Happened. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Like, oh, I thought I he was like, I didn't get shot. And then just immediately bing, gets bing, shot. Bing. He's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, 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 I OK, so I want to have I want to I want to have uh, uh, usually this is the part where we wrap this whole thing up. Sure. Um, and I just want to say 
that I think the biggest mistake that this franchise did was make The Mummy Returns. And mm-hmm. instead of this, it should have been you you bring back Rick and you bring back Evie and they find the tomb of Dracula. Mm-hmm. And it's a vampire. Ooh. And they, they fight vampires. And then it, you and make then a third a one man. where they fight werewolves. Um, and then there's a and, creature and, from the Black Lagoon. And there's... Yeah. Well, maybe not a creature from the Black Lagoon, but like just those gothic... Kill it! You know, things like, I, you know, I, I just it doesn't I, I don't know why we got so like hyper focused on this being like a mummy franchise. And I don't know why Imhotep needed to come back. I mean, and then we, we you know, have the next one, which Imhotep isn't in. And I guess maybe that was a mistake, too. I don't know. But, you know, it just it, it feels like such a missed opportunity to just do another mummy movie instead of continuing the adventure like you we could have had the dark universe in the early 2000s you know Mm -hmm. like exactly what they wanted this whole time and and it's like they had the perfect pair of characters to just travel between each of those franchises in its own within its own franchise about them you know um creature of the black lagoon would be interesting because you can get like their version of like a deep underwater thriller. Sure. Like yeah. Technology. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So in your, in your head, Scott, are these called Dracula, the Wolfman? It's not like, there's not like, because I guess the, the, the marketing problem with, which mm-hmm. I, I right. agree with you. I think that'd be really cool. But like, what do you call those? Like, right. Right. It's kind of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but now these are going to be called like Evelyn. Uh, and I feel like it's Raiders of the Lost Ark in the way that like the mummy is, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then the yes. next one could be like the Econals and the Tomb of Dracula, or something mm-hmm. like and that. And so, like retroactively, um, you start calling it, the yeah, O'Connell's like the O'Con- yeah, the O'Connell Adventures or the O'Connell Family in the Tomb of Dracula, or something like that. What's your favorite um, O'Connell movie? Probably The Mummy. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. yeah. Even even though I really <laughs> yeah. enjoy this movie, I think Scott's totally right. I think that's a way better like. <laughs> universe to be in where they just did like different monster movies with this yeah. with this team and i think what scott and we'll get we'll, we'll maybe we'll find out more about this next week but the reason like this is kind of the no the point of no return for the franchise is this was also a big commercial hit like we said it's like right. scott said at the beginning it like a like a like a knife like a uh, surgical tool <laughs> exactly doubled its profit yeah. <laughs> uh, made just the right amount of money to be a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, just to be, it made just the right amount of money to be exactly the same level of hit as the last got one. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. But so, like, now with the third one, which doesn't come out for a long time, they're like, okay, well, it's called The Mummy because now that's a mm-hmm. brand. There's even an animated series. Mm-hmm. So. Right. We have to call the third one the mummy. So it has to have a mummy. And by that point, we're in this weird nexus of too much similar, but not enough of the stuff that audiences really enjoyed, like the cool Egypt right. stuff, the Magi, Imhotep. Right. But if they had primed audiences, maybe for like, oh, actually, this franchise is about these characters meeting different universal monsters. Like, yeah, who knows? Like, maybe that would have primed audiences to be like, oh, OK, I know what this is. I know what, who these characters are. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, uh, these are such good characters, and I would have liked to see them in 
more situations that weren't just mummies. Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Egypt. Can I ask you something, Scott? Yeah. Does Alex exist in these movies? Um, Does Alex exist by movie two? Well, my feeling is that uh, movie two takes place a lot sooner than this one does. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Alex doesn't exist, but maybe doesn't exist yet. Yeah, in the next maybe, movie, maybe that's like the end of the movie. She's like, Rick, I'm pregnant. And he's like, Whoa, yeah. whoa, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or you know, it, it it ends with their wedding or something, and Ooh. you know, after they defeat Dracula, they get married. Um, I don't in know. This castle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just killed you, vampire, know. and now um, this is our castle. Yeah, but, we're gonna party in your house. But that's the thing, right? Is it's like it's like even Stephen Sommers seems to have regretted this choice of making the mummy returns instead of doing what I said because his next movie is Van Helsing, mm-hmm. the movie that we're going mm-hmm. to cover on franchise potential, which is him doing all of the other doing, universal like, monsters in a big adventure movie, and all of them except soup. for the mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just, just a missed opportunity, I think. For sure. Mm. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess. Um, can I throw in just one fact that I thought was really cool from the commentary? Like, one last commentary note. Is they said that between The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, there were zero reshoots. They didn't reshoot a single day of film. Yeah. That's that seems wild. There's a lot of ADR in this movie, so that makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I just was pleasantly surprised at how entertaining I found this. It was not a movie I remembered fondly, so maybe that's like why I enjoyed it so much this time around. My expectations are pretty low. Um, Yeah. So I'm hoping beyond hope that somehow. Uh, maybe Tomb of the Dragon Emperor will be a similar situation next week. Scott shaking his head. I, I well, I just I don't know. I mean, maybe there will be like some kind of level of freshness to it. But the thing right. that I'm not looking forward to is the loss of Rachel Vice, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and the way that they retcon the concept of Rachel Vice out of the franchise. Right. Um, yeah. where they pretend that it was Maria Bello the whole time. Uh, that's who it is, right, Maria Bello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. With that, with the with the line at the book signing or whatever, where yeah, she's a- Andrew, like, there's a her uh, right. Evelyn's introductory scene is she's uh, at a bookstore and she's like, "Wow, like, do you ever remember all of your adventures fighting mummies and 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 fighting with the magi?" And Maria Bella's like, "It's almost like it happened to a completely different person." Yeah, it's yeah. it's lame. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I think I haven't watched the third one. Is like, no, I want like. I want like the crew, you know, right, like I yeah. want the same team. I don't want to, I don't want to watch but, <laughs> different versions of, of these people. It's like, no, I think you kind of have to Alex have come back either. It, well, like, yeah. The son, oh, well, the character does the character. Well, the actor, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, actor the actor doesn't does. come back. And so, yeah, I'm like, ah, yeah. it doesn't feel quite right. But also, like you said, because they did like the mummy and the mummy returns in such a way. It's like, I kind of don't want to watch a third one that doesn't have Emotep. Like he's like part of the oh, sure. he's like part of the chemistry for it, and so it's like they're like, well, we yeah. we switched out two ingredients, but it's still chocolate chip cookies. Like, yeah, but you kind of took away like the chocolate chips. <laughs> now it's and, milk. and like you tried to <laughs> you like tried to pretend that this is the same thing. It's like it's kind of not. Like I can yeah. tell. But I, I in Rachel Vice's uh, 
defense, though. I can imagine being her and sitting down at the premiere of this movie and then watching this <laughs> and then just being like, yeah, I'm not doing another one of these. I'm not. If this is uh, what it, the result is, I don't think I'm going to do another one. <laughs> we'll figure it out yeah. next week. And also, like, Stephen Sommers, I would include in that. Where, like, I think... Rob Cohen's made some fun movies, but like, I don't like, I remembered so much of this movie, like Izzy and the train fight and the Anubis battles reading material. And I like the eighth one is such like a blur and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a more recent movie. So I don't know. There's something Mm -hmm. fun and memorable about this. This still has like the adventurous spirit that I associate. Well, I think he, cause he went and did, did Van Helsing, which was a giant flop. And then uh-huh. like, they immediately forgot that he had these two huge hits right. and just like, he kind of went to director's jail, like immediately after that. Cause I mean, he, he was like that. And then he did GI Joe. Mm-hmm, and then right. it's like, now he's just gone. He just doesn't get to make movies anymore, which is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. I'd love to see him make a movie. Sure. I mean, I'd, I'd love an adventure. I mean, I I remember thinking Some about episodes and, or something. and like talking with Kester about it. Like, okay, this movie's pretty fun. Like, this is a great adventure. And I was like thinking, like, man, there's not a lot of adventure movies anymore. Like, they all have to be more specific than just like adventure. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's kind of like like Dungeons and Dragons, and people enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. That was like an adventure movie. It's like a little more specific, sure. but but it's still got like kind of yeah. these same adventure level vibes where it's like, okay, there's a mix of like comedy and drama. Not a lot of drama, but like, you know, comedy and action and everything. And so I think that's like the closest yeah. movie I've watched recently that gave me the same feeling that I get watching this. Yeah. Uncharted was good enough to scratch that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, Uncharted's got a little un- bit of it. You know, tr- tr- treasure hunting fix that I get. Every once in a while, um, the Jumanji movies, weirdly, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. The Jumanji movies, yeah, that's a good point. Us, um, uh, Scott uh, Stephen Sommers' last film was in 2013. Odd Thomas, Odd Thomas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was he. After this, he directs three more movies Van Helsing, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and Odd Thomas. And he has not directed a movie since. That's a that's a shame, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Andrew, thanks for. I I like this movie. About... I enjoy it. Yeah, I I still enjoy it. Scott, I want you to know you hey. haven't damaged my enjoyment one iota. Hey, I'm, still... I'm the odd. I'm the odd man out. Uh, <laughs> You're the odd here. Thomas um, out. Yeah, I I just like uh, there was this moment in the movie where um when they're all like waiting they're like all like the the O'Connells are all like um up on like a perch and they're all like getting mm-hmm. their guns ready and stuff and yeah. Jonathan like wanders over to like this like curtain thing mm-hmm. and he pulls the curtain back and there's a bunch of shrunken heads in it oh yeah um and and he's like wow and yeah uh, uh, I wonder I've always wondered no. how they do this and and everyone just kind of turns and looks at him and he was like just curious and I'm like, mm-hmm. was that a joke? Was that like what? What was the joke? Like I don't, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. he was just genuinely curious about how they make shrunken heads. It's weird. Why are they yeah. looking at him like that? He's like, why I did don't you know. say that? Yeah, it's just it's very weird. Uh, Jonathan, we're trying to be like serious that, about getting ready to shoot people to save our son. Why yeah, are you talking about shrunken like heads? A lot of 
there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie that just feels like first draft stuff. Um, mm-hmm. where I just I don't I don't know if he wrote a second draft of this movie. It just kind of doesn't feel like it to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just very sloppy and messy, and I don't know. Everything doesn't connect the way that I wanted to. I don't know. It is interesting though that so many of the movies that we cover on this, especially going into this era, like the 2000s going forward, it is very interesting that this is a movie only credited to one writer and it's also the director. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen a lot on this show, regardless of franchise. Mm. That's true. It's very true. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wish I liked it. I really do. Oh but... no, but that, that, but that could be a good thing or a bad thing of like, you don't have a team of yeah. writers being like, Hey, a lot of this doesn't connect. Yeah. You don't you just you right. have like one a check guy directing his own script. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Cause I also think like, with that first mummy, I think Universal was just like, I we don't know what made that work. Like, just right. go do it again. Hey, just um, do it again, man. Like you fucking yeah. knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> technically he did this one. Yes. Too. And you're like, well, <laughs> he, you didn't disappoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh all I, I'm excited to see kind of what the uh what the writing deal is on behind movie three, if that one has like a lot of cooks in the kitchen in comparison. Yeah. Mm. Probably. Probably. I uh, I seem to remember. Okay. I seem to remember mm -hmm. that. Oh, my God. I just realized it is insane that this movie came comes out two years before Curse of the Black Pearl. Like just in comparison. It's just like, wow. Uh, But what I was going to say was that I seem to remember Tomb of the Dragon Emperor feeling like it was chasing Pirates of the Caribbean Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of the mummy. That's a good. I'll have to look out for that because it is yeah. kind of now like the main competition. By the time we get to two thousand eight, yeah. Even though it was still, it was still too late because it's two thousand eight and like Iron Man had come out, right? And so when Tomb of the Dragon Emperor comes out, there's like, who gives a shit about this? <laughs> this is oh, this is pirates. old hat. Yeah, we got we got RDJ. That's all we care about. <laughs> he's just he's 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 a little snarky. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, anyway, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor next week. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Bye, everybody. Death is only the beginning. <laughs>